Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on to 600 AM KGEZ and talk to Anthony Knockreiner on his show, The Knock on Sports. This week we're talking about the upcoming matchup between the Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers. We look back at a little bit of the action from the Seahawks and Cardinals, talk about the return of Marshawn Lynch and what fans can expect from the return of Beast Mode. But before we get there, a quick look at the injury report for both teams. For the San Francisco 49ers, defensive end D. Ford is listed as out with a quad and hamstring injury. Defensive tackle Julian Taylor tore his ACL this week, and he will be out for the game. Safety Jaquiski Tart is listed as doubtful with a rib injury. He's been out for the last three weeks with a broken rib. And the San Francisco secondary has definitely struggled when Tart has been out allowing 35.3 points and 291 passing yards per game over the last three weeks. For the Seahawks, it definitely looked bad on Thursday with Dwayne Brown, Malik Turner, Mike Upati, and Quandre Diggs all sitting out of practice on Thursday. Jadevian Clowney, Joey Hunt, Jermaine Effetti, Ethan Posick, and Jamarco Jones. So a lot of guys on the offensive line all limited in practice on Thursday. But once it came to ruling players out, doubtful or questionable, Dwayne Brown, Malik Turner, the only two players listed as out. Dwayne Brown just had surgery on his knee, and Malik Turner has a concussion. The two players listed as questionable. You have Quandre Diggs, a safety for the Seahawks with an ankle injury, and offensive lineman Ethan Posick with a core injury. And with that quick look at the Seahawks and 49ers injury report, let's get to my chat with Anthony Knockreiner of the Knockout Sports. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports and joining me here in the Whitefish Credit Union studios to talk some NFL and the Seattle Seahawks is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, it is great to chat with you, my man. How are you doing? Anthony, it's here. Week 17. We've made it through the NFL regular season and a lot of fun games coming up on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys got flexed just like we thought they would. Seattle and San Francisco, prime time for the NFC West Division title. I like these title championship type games and the fact that it's against San Francisco. Seahawks coming off a really tough loss, though, but uh, there's a little bit of excitement brewing among the fan base now that Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, coming back to the Seahawks. Yes, I was about to say, you know, the funny part is on Monday, you know, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get you in this week. I thought I might (laughs) have made you mad uh, because I feel like after that Arizona game, I'm not going to lie to you. Before before the Marshawn Lynch signing and some of the injuries that you guys were dealt, um... I mean, after that game against Arizona, it was tough to not look at some of the bad luck with the injuries and everything else and just look at this as like, how how is Seattle going to be able to get their get themselves out of this hole? Well, and we always have those weird games against the Arizona Cardinals. They, they're they five of seven now coming up to Seattle late in the season. And it's just you know, one of those strange things that I don't know why that uh, Seattle constantly overlooks the Arizona Cardinals late in the season. But it's clear that they do. And for Chris Carson to go down to injury and then shortly after that, C.J. Procise to go down to injury, yeah, I I think Seahawks fans, especially with the way the team was playing on defense, a lot of injuries there too, Jadevian Clowney sitting out. And I know, you know, as Seahawks fans, we talked about that. Do you rest guys in preparation for playing San Francisco the following week? Because that is the game that matters more than the Cardinals game. Now, because of the loss, they lose the opportunity. Potent- a pretty good chance that they don't get a first-round bye. 
because of the Cardinals lost now, but you still have a chance at the NFC West title. And it sounds like uh, looking at the injury report going into Sunday's game, it looks a lot better than it did early, uh, early on in the week. I was going to say, I mean, just bad luck. Your entire running back court depleted. Uh, Travis Homer pretty much being the only guy left. And so for Arizona, and the funny part is, is even with the injuries there, my biggest worry was the fact that, I mean, I believe it was Marcus Jones who was playing left tackle in for Dwayne Brown. Yeah, Jamarco Jones. Jamarco Jones, my bad. Um, and that was a real problem because Russell Wilson got sacked five times. And I think what I, what I at least noticed watching the game, you guys really weren't able to take those deep shots because Russell wasn't getting the time. And the frustrating thing was they kept looking for the deep shots. They know that uh, Jamarco Jones is getting manhandled by Chandler Jones in this game and, George Fant only has 12 snaps, so they don't give a, they don't give Jamarco a ton of help on the left side of the line, and they're still looking for those deep shots. So that was the biggest frustration is that they didn't adjust away from that late in the game, and they had their opportunity when uh, Kyler Murray goes out, Brett Hundley comes in, and you think, okay, well maybe Hundley can make some mistakes here, but no, Hundley drives them all the way down the field in the fourth quarter, 72 yards or 78 yards and gets them a touchdown and puts the game out of the reach, out of reach for the Seahawks. Yeah, as I say, just a tough break there against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, again, updating the injury report. It sounds like uh, actually J.M. and Clowney is going to play. Uh, Griffin is still, he was practicing today. Whether or not he will play will be interesting. Uh, Dwayne Brown, I know Turner, uh, Upeti, um, I think those guys are out this week as well. Diggs, it sounds like, is questionable. Diggs is questionable. Uh, it looks like Upeti's going to play because he wasn't oh, okay. on the injury report. Uh, Griffin, he wasn't on the injury report. Oh, I no. know he, we were talking about him maybe being questionable. But the only guys it looks like uh, are going to be out, Carson, obviously, but uh, Dwayne Brown and uh, Malik Turner has a concussion. So those are the, the only two guys listed officially as out. And Carson, I, I don't know if they put him on injured reserve because he I think wasn't they on the injury report. Yeah, as I say, I think yeah. him and ProSize were probably okay. put quickly on the on the IR there. And, Brandon, let's just go right to this because obviously this is the biggest story about this. We're getting to Marshawn Lynch and whether or not he will be effective. But if nothing else, if Marshawn Lynch coming back into the building for the Seattle Seahawks, not only for the fan base itself, but for that entire organization, that man has seemed to have brought out a second juice, uh, uh, I don't want to say second life, but a whole new excitement after yeah. a disappointing loss. And and that's what I think he's there for. I don't know if he's there to rush for. I know Pete Carroll said it would be great if he runs for 120 yards, but uh, in his first game back, I don't think any of us are expecting 120 <laughs> rushing yards from a guy who hasn't played since week, 16, uh, week 6 last year when he played the Seahawks in London. That was his last game. And so... This, it's just kind of cool that he gets to come back to Seattle, play one last game at CenturyLink Field, potentially. Shoot, if they get the win, maybe they come back and they have another one in the playoffs as well. And uh, it's it's exciting for fans. Yeah, what is he going to get in terms of rushing yards? I mean, if he tops 50 rushing yards, I'll be more than excited about that. But, but it's just the idea of, of him coming back and kind of the energy that he brings. And it sounds like he's bringing some fun around the building, too. Uh, I saw reports that uh, he came into, uh, Brian Schottenheimer came into the, his, uh, uh, the, the meeting room, and Marshawn Lynch was in his chair. Nice. <laughs> we'll talk more about Marshawn Lynch and his impact for the Seahawks. I'll get uh, Brandon's thoughts exactly about that question. How much can we expect from Marshawn Lynch? How much can we expect from Robert Turbin? as well, and uh, we'll talk more about the San Francisco matchup as well next year on the Knock on Sports. The Seattle Seahawks have a date with destiny Sunday night. 
can they find a way to get past the San Francisco 49ers as they try and lock up the NFC West? And potentially, they still, it's a slow chance, but they do have a chance still at the number one overall seed. They will need some help on that end. Uh, I think they can get 50% of that help, but we'll get into that a little bit later when we make our NFL picks. Brandon Schultz joining us inside the Whitefish Credit Union Studios. We were talking about Marshawn Lynch's impact on the organization this week in practice, but who do you expect to at least get the bulk of the carries, or is it going to be 50-50 between Lynch and Turbin? I would actually expect 50-50 between Lynch and Homer, and then I would expect Turbin to be the guy that they mix in on third down. He was always kind of that third down type of guy coming in for relief mm-hmm. uh, on, on those later downs when Marshawn was coming out uh, on third down. So I would expect Turbin to kind of be in that role, and then, uh, yeah, just a, a mix of... if. If Marshawn Lynch gets to 10 carries and gets you know around 40 yards, I'd, I'd look at that as a success. I was going to say, I, I see the scenarios, at least for him, where I think I know Marshawn Lynch will be on the field. Is when you're talking about third and one, you're talking about third and two, if it's a fourth and one scenario or down on the goal line, uh, I feel like that's where Marshawn Lynch is going to get uh, his carries, I feel like, in this type of game. And even just the threat of play action in right. those scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. As long as they're, But as long as the running game is effective, it has to be effective in order for that play action to really yeah. be effective. It's going to be fun to watch, and coming up against San Francisco, I know a lot of people down, obviously, with uh, the 49ers. They've looked tough all season, and obviously, when you consider the injuries on the offensive line for the Seahawks, you know, that that makes me think that whether you have Travis Homer or Marshawn Lynch, you know, how effective is either one of those guys going to be? Obviously, Marshawn Lynch, you know, is a guy who can break tackles effectively, and and you hope for him to to even show a, a, a fraction of what he showed in the past, but... It's a pretty tough road to overcome with San Francisco coming to this game, especially when you look at their defensive line, their front seven. And is Russell Wilson going to get enough time to take some of those deep shots like you know Pete Carroll likes to do? I feel like we're just going to have to see a lot of uh, short routes here to begin with, I think, to get the game going against San Francisco, just because I think you got to see Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Those guys are going to have to go across the middle, crossing routes, and go with that short term because, like I said, I agree with you, unless – they double up and help out Jones on the left side, and they, they go with a tight end on that left side almost every single play, or you know whichever back is in pass protection uh, to help chip with with that defensive line. I, I think you don't really have much of a chance to really try and go deep. There are a lot of things that I like though uh, about this game, and I know Seahawks going in as underdogs, but under Pete Carroll and uh, Hawk Blogger on Twitter tweeted this out that only four times has Seattle been an underdog by three or more points. Uh, just four times in home games in prime time, and they won each of those four games. So you kind of have some history there uh, with the Seahawks when they've had uh, they haven't lost back to back games at home in Seattle when they have uh, one week at home the following week. The last time they they lost two in a row like that, 2008. So that's kind of neat. Uh, Russell Wilson after an in season loss, he's 31 and seven, which is the best for a quarterback since the NFL merger. That is pretty impressive. A lot of things stacking up in your favor here as we get ready for Sunday Night Football. And an also interesting aspect, and we were chatting about this um, through text, was the boss. He's making his return to Seattle. <laughs> he's going to lift the flag, the 12th man flag, and he's going to be there. A- interesting decision. Interesting guy to have for this game. Yeah, it, it is interesting, and I do feel like this is something that the Seahawks have been working on for a while. It's just kind of, it's fun that it turned out that it is this game, but it is kind of, uh, it is divisive, I think, among Seahawks fans, especially when you consider, I, I think it has a lot to do with 
kind of the era that you grew up with the Seahawks? Because for me, you know, I was a kid in middle school about the time that Boz came. And so you had all the kids, you know, uh, doing the lines in their hair like the Boz. And, you know, for people who don't remember that particular era in Seattle, it's almost like he was the... He was the Richard Sherman of, uh, you know, after he had his best corner in the game and, you know, just kind of that outspokenness that mm-hmm. came after. But he had had, Sherman had had a couple of years in the league at that time. Bosworth came into the NFL with that kind of bravado. And it was, it was unusual. It kind of put Seattle on the map. It got a lot of people's expectations really high because he was the first pick in the supplemental draft in 1987. So the Seahawks lose their first round pick in the 88 draft because they picked him up in that supplemental draft. And he never really he never really panned out because right. of injuries uh, to his shoulder, and then you know he had the game against Bo Jackson where he got run over going in the end zone. Which I mean, <laughs> you rewatch some of that game, and I, I I don't feel like it was as terrible as I think some of our memories are of, yeah. of <laughs> Bo running over Boz, but uh, it, it it just has that stigma to it. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it just seems interesting to pick this game to do it because of those. Right. Because of those scenarios, as you mentioned, I mean, obviously everyone knows the boss. Uh, the thirty for thirty on him is pretty good uh, as well. But yeah, a very interesting decision to, to it's fun. this game. You know, I, I think Pete Carroll is bringing this back to you know by picking up Marshawn Lynch, bringing back Robert Turbin. You know, after a tough loss in Arizona, Reunion. you're just all these elements of fun that are going Reunion into the time. final game of the season. <laughs> uh, Brandon, breaking down this game against San Francisco, we've talked about the offensive end of this. I think Seattle is a completely te- different team defensively as long as Diggs plays. Yeah. Otherwise, this is a very, very difficult matchup, I think, for Seattle. I mean, Jimmy G has played better. The running game is not as good as it was before. Uh, obviously, I don't expect to see the same kind of game we saw on Monday Night Football. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like I have concerns. Un- unless Diggs plays, I have concern about that defense. He has been the difference maker on this team, but you know, really the difference maker in this game is going to be the kind of impact the the Seahawks pass rush can get on the 49ers offense and Jimmy Garoppolo because when he gets under pressure, he starts making mistakes. And yeah. so it, I think it's critical that Jadavian Clowney's back in the lineup, Ziggy Anza is in the lineup, Jaron Reed, and then if you can mix a, in a little bit of Shaquem Griffin in there as well. Those seem to be the four guys that when you have them on the field rushing the passer, that, that has given the Seahawks the best opportunity to, to get to the quarterback. And we saw in that game against San Francisco, getting the pressure on Garoppolo helped make so many turnover worthy plays. They did get turnovers, but there were several, <laughs> there were several drops that it was just right in the hands of Seahawks defenders that they couldn't come up with the football. They probably should have had three more interceptions against Garoppolo in that game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially here in Seattle. At the same time, are you concerned because Seattle, I mean, they were great on the road, seven and one. I, yeah. I don't know. Would you feel more comfortable if this game was back in San Francisco instead of Seattle this uh, time? It's weird. I know. I hear the arguments of people saying, well, maybe it'd be better to lose this game. And then that way you just have to play on the road and they've been better on the road. I, I don't know if I necessarily buy into that. They've had, they've played some tough opponents at home, obviously, with the Ravens and the Saints early on in the season. The Cardinals, you know, kind of a fluky thing. But yeah, if they lose this game, they're four and four at home. And seven and one on the road, which is uh, pretty wild uh, to think about. And I don't know. I don't think it's reflective on the fan base necessarily, you know, because you know so many people put a lot on the fans as being part of that home field advantage. They've just had a rough stretch of games where they they played some really good teams at home. 
And then, Brandon, the wide receiving core, I mean, obviously we talked about the offensive line had impact on Russell, so he wasn't able to get the ball to Lockett or DK Metcalf. They were non-factors last yeah. week. How do you see them trying to become a factor this week? Yeah, Patrick Peterson really was able to lock down DK Metcalf in, the, in that last game. I would expect him to bounce back in this game against the 49ers. The 49ers have shown when they're, if they aren't able to get to the quarterback, that their secondary allows them to get beat deep. And we saw that like in the New Orleans Saints game where the, the 49ers defense allowed 46 points in that game. Mm-hmm. And the wild thing is, is that over the last four games, the 49ers are averaging 31 points per game allowed, which is pretty incredible. When you look back to the early part of the season, you know, going in, uh, they went in undefeated against the Seahawks and everybody's saying, oh, what a great defense they have. I think that if they can find a way to keep Russell Wilson protected, that uh, they, they'll be able to score some points on this 49ers defense. Right now we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Uh, Brandon, let's talk about some of these playoff scenarios. Obviously, Seahawks win, and they could get the number three seed. They'll have the NFC West title. Now, if they want to get a first-round bye, they would either need a Green Bay loss or a New Orleans loss. Um, actually, no, they just need a Green Bay loss to get a first-round bye, but they've got to do it with a win. To get the number one seed, Seattle needs New Orleans and a Green Bay loss. Uh, if they lose on Sunday, then Seattle is obviously pegged into the number five seed, yep. which uh, potentially could be, you know, depending on what shakes out on Sunday, you guys could be ended up going on the road to New Orleans, which would not be a very fun place to play. I'd rather be in Lambeau than New Orleans. Oh, for the divisional round, but... Uh, no, 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 from, from the wild card. Just saying from that perspective, right, right, yeah. if you guys were to lose in that situation. But, I mean, of the scenarios, Green Bay... <laughs> I see, you're already hard. giving us a win over the NFC East team. I, I like this. Trying to get the home field advantage or the first round by, which one more likely do you think? Well, I know we'll get into our picks here pretty soon, but uh, I think it is pretty unlikely that they get a first round by considering who the Packers and Saints are playing. The benefit is, is that the Packers and Saints are both playing on the road this weekend. So that could give uh, a little bit of an opportunity, but I do think that if the, if the Seahawks are able to pull out the win against the 49ers, it's probably going to be in a three seed and they're going to be playing at home against the Vikings. Now it is time to make our NFL picks, and to do that with me is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. He's been doing that with me all season long, and once again, uh, Brandon, I think we can, you know, I've been saying it for the last couple weeks, but we can crown you champ here. Um, let's just get in right into it, man. Uh, Browns at the Bengals. I will take the Bengals as my upset pick in this game because, you know, in Week 17, part of it's playing for the coach and what does a team have to play for. I think in this situation, the Bengals, even if they win, I think they hold on to the number one pick. And so I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals here and uh, and the Browns to lose. Uh, if they lose, they, I think Freddie Kitchens is fired. I'm going to take the Browns anyway. here. <laughs> yeah, he might be anyway. Uh, I'm going to take the Browns here. I don't think Baker Mayfield loses to the Cincinnati Bengals here. Um, next game, Dolphins at Patriots. I will take the Patriots in this game. Although, yeah, they, I'm they, not they struggle lie. with the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> if this game was in Miami, I might pick the Dolphins here. <laughs> yeah. um, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, they're playing well right now. Yeah, they're playing all right. I mean, I don't know if they can take down the Patriots. Maybe a little Fitz magic left. Uh, but and we'll Belichick the usually has these guys playing, uh, you know, at, at as high as well as they can in week seven. Well, they still have a they still have a chance to, for a first round bye too, because I mean, Kansas City's been nipping at their heels. Yeah. Chicago at Minnesota doesn't sound like the it sounds like the Vikings are going to rest some guys. Yeah, I I do like the Vikings to win despite that. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings as well. Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs still have a lot to play for. They do, and the Chargers they are struggling this year. I I will take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. 
Uh, Jets at Bills. This is going to be an interesting one for the Bills because they really can't do anything. They can't. No, they're kind of locked into their playoff seed. It does have a lot of people picking the Jets in this game, but I, I still like the Bills, even with the depth that they have on defense. I, I like them to win at home in Week 17. Brandon, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Bills as well to get the win over the Jets. Packers at Lions. I'm going to take the Packers, unfortunately. I know the Lions, you know, Seahawks fans, we need a Lions win in this game. Uh, they are playing at home, but uh, I can't go against the Pack. They're, they're playing for too much. I, I don't know. I, I, I like Detroit. I'm taking Detroit oh. as my upset here because Detroit has done some things. They have played a lot better. I know Matt Stafford's not playing in this one. I like the upset here. I'm going to take the. This is going to be my upset pick. Okay. I'm going to take the Lions. I like it. I'm glad that this is your upset pick, and I hope <laughs> you beat me in this game. Uh, Saints at Panthers. Yeah, Will Greer coming back for another game, so that's why I don't like the Panthers at home necessarily against the Saints. But, you know, another divisional matchup. It, it, you never know what to expect, but the Saints are playing for a lot, potentially the number one seed, so I, I do like the Saints. Yeah, I was going to say, believe me, I wanted to kind of go with the Panthers here. If, if there's any time I'm going to root for the Panthers, it's to knock off the Saints out of a, a number one seed possibly. But, yeah, I just don't see how Carolina um, has the firepower to do it. I was hoping Tennessee would do it, but Tennessee fell flat last week. It is kind of the nice thing, though, about having divisional games wind up at the end of the season because you never know when a team like the Lions or the Panthers, you know, if they – they have that feeling of something to play for of, you know, here is our Super Bowl opportunity. We can take our divisional rival down right. and, and knock him down out of a potential uh, first round buy or, you know, seeding in the playoffs. Another divisional uh, Falcons at Bucks. Uh, the Bucks have cost me eight losses this year and Jameis Winston continues to hand out gifts. He just threw another <laughs> interception, but I am going to take the Buccaneers and take down the Falcons. I'll take the Bucks with you this week. All right. Appreciate that. That one's at home. Hopefully he can win one, one last one. Whether or not he's the quarterback for the Bucks next year, I don't know, but I feel like it's a pretty strong chance. Uh, Eagles at Giants. I'm taking the Eagles on this one. I will take the Eagles as well. Uh, this is an interesting game with the, the division title potentially on the line for the Eagles. Uh, Titans at Texans. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans on this one. Oh, okay. I, I'm 50-50 on this one. I'm going to take the Texans. I like the Titans just because uh, Ryan Tannehill's playing well. A.J. Brown, I mean, I know they gave up a lot of points to the, the Saints, but the last time these two teams, which was only two weeks ago, they played pretty well. Texans are relatively locked into their playoff seating, especially considering that they're playing in the afternoon. They might know the outcome of some of those early games. True. And with Deshaun Watson uh, a little bit hobbled, you know, they may decide to sit him, too. I was about to say, they really need to get a win in the playoffs. Uh, they've been knocked out too many times in the first round. Uh, Washington at Dallas, the Cowboys. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Cowboys just simply because even though the Redskins kept it close last week, I just don't see how Dallas loses this one. I struggled so hard with picking this game because I feel like you know when you're playing for your coach's job, I don't know if the Cowboys care that much. I know, right? <laughs> and so I, I kind of want to pick the Skins, but I, I I'm going to go Cowboys. Uh, Steelers at Ravens. Steelers still have a chance to make the postseason. That wild card race is really interesting. But I'm going to take the Ravens, even without Lamar Jackson and some of their top guys. Yeah, Robert Griffin III is starting for the Ravens, so I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, Colts at Jaguars, I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking the Colts, too. Raiders at Broncos. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of things that have to happen for the Raiders, and yeah. I am kind of hoping it happens, because <laughs> it would be fun to see John Green Raiders in, yeah. the, in the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders here. The I, I took the Raiders, too. I, uh, yeah, just because. And I don't know if the Broncos, with the young team, I think Drew Locke starting at quarterback. Yep. I, I I like the Raiders to get the win here to close out the season. Cardinals at Rams. Is Kyler Murray starting this one? 
I I bet he's out with that hamstring injury, right? Yeah. He didn't look right, so I, I'm going to go Rams. I'm going to go Rams as well. I don't think if Kyler Murray was playing, I would have picked the Cardinals. Really? Okay. I would have because they're playing. They, I mean, they have played well in the second half of the season. They have, yeah. Uh, 49ers at Seahawks. I don't think this is really all that tough here, Brandon. <laughs> I will take the Seahawks. You know, I, I threw out a couple other stats earlier, but there's a couple neat Russell Wilson stats here. Russell needs this win. He's tied with Tom Brady for the quarterback with the most regular season wins in his first eight seasons. So if he gets a win here, that puts him ahead of Brady. And also it puts him ahead of Brett Favre as the quarterback with the most regular season wins at home through his first eight seasons. So some pretty big names there. I was about to say, Russell Wilson putting his name up with some elite company. Um, here's a question for you, Brandon. Going back to Marshawn Lynch for a second. I, and I was saying this on my show last night because I'm, I'm honestly wondering, Marshawn Lynch's return, are we going to see like it's like Jordan's return to the Bulls that first time? Or is it going to be like when Jordan came back and played for the Washington Wizards? I think if Marshawn Lynch, if he does go for 100 yards and say you guys do go on a run, whether it's to a Super Bowl title or whether it's to the NFC title game, division round, but if he has a game where he's got like another memorable moment, uh-huh. I think that solidifies his Hall of Fame career. I think he probably already has it in the bag just because of the icon that he is. You know, he doesn't have the Frank Gore stats or longevity. He doesn't have, you know, the MVP type season that Adrian Peterson had. But he does have similar longevity to those two guys. And he has way more moments than those guys, I feel like. Well, I was going to say the interesting part about Marshawn Lynch is I was looking at his numbers. Even when he played for the Raiders, which was kind of forgettable. Yeah. 21 games, 1,200 yards. His touchdowns were down. But he was still averaging 4.2 yards per carry, which was his average when he was on his run with the Seahawks. So even at age 31 and 32, he was averaging 4.2. And I'm curious to see if he can, at age 33, if he can do that again. Yeah, well, he's been well-rested over this time. (laughs) He's been doing MMA training. (laughs) MMA training. But he's been doing tequila shots and eating $1,200 burgers, too. So you you don't really know. But maybe that's just the way Marshawn was even during his time in the NFL. And, yeah, you mentioned those stats at 32. He would have been, if not for the injury in that week six game, he was on pace for a thousand yards. So I, I think he can come in and and put up respectable numbers. Then Brandon, uh, final question for you. We've got obviously Black Monday coming up with uh, head coaches getting fired here. We talked about some coaches we think could be out of their jobs. Uh, Cleveland with Kitchens, Jason Garrett possibly, Pat Shermer has been linked to possibly getting fired. Um, Doug Marone could be fired for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Those seem like some logical choices at this point. Uh, do you see more than four coaches getting fired, or do you take the under? I, you know, that that's probably four is probably about the right number. I I might go over just because there are some surprises that we usually see. One surprising move that I. I, I don't think this would ever happen, but, you know, Jerry Jones, if he decides to trade for a coach, I know there's been a lot of talk about Sean Payton, how much he likes him, and bringing him from the Cowboys. What if, with the Rams having so few first-round draft picks in the future, if they were tr- to trade Sean McVay to the Dallas Cowboys and replenish that stock of first-round picks and, and get some from Dallas? Wow, that would be really interesting. That would be a very interesting tale. I, I think Dallas is going to go Urban Meyer, though. They could. I, that seems like they're trending toward a college coach potentially. That's the only. That's the only thing Urban Meyer has left to do. He's never tested the NFL waters. He's won national championships at two different schools. If he really wants to go back, if the NFL flames out, he can go back and win another championship at the college level. So I think this is his chance to go play uh, in the NFL. Yeah, it makes some sense. I don't know if I like him as Dallas coach though, but well, he's we'll coached for programs that not a lot of fans really enjoy. <laughs> 
And that's coming from a guy that was there during the Florida years. Right. And I wasn't a Gator fan. No, yeah. It, uh, he would definitely bring that same type of uh, dislike to the NFL now. <laughs> Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to follow you guys, catch the latest episodes of the podcast, how can they do that? Yeah, new episode of the Seahawkers podcast out, seahawkerspodcast.com. Subscribe to the Field Goals podcast at sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. I break down the upcoming game with Oscar Aparicio of the Better Rivals podcast and uh, and been talking to him for a number of years, so definitely worth checking out. Brandon, really appreciate the time. As always, my friend, look forward to chatting with you next week as we get ready for the playoffs. We have a playoff game guaranteed.